Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 180th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those legends at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me, my usual partner in crime, CEO of Anime TT Games, carryover champion of most of the game shows we play here at the Hungry Gamers, Miss Ali Hart. You can find her at Miss Ali Hart. How are you doing today in this new month of February? Oh, actually, I'm coming to you from the yeah, future. Yeah, you're in the future. I'm I'm still experiencing the ass end of January. So uh, looking forward to what the future holds. But um, so far, the end of uh, January is fine. How's February holding up so far? Um, the world is still in a heightened state of panic. The coronavirus is running rampant. It is really scary over here, actually. There's shortages of, of these uh, like protective masks across the whole country. Like Every chemist is pretty much sold out serious? of all these masks. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a thing over here. It's, it's getting pretty scary. We've got, I think, nine or ten confirmed cases now up and down the east coast of coronavirus. So uh, oh. yeah, hold your breath. Hold your breath, Australia. I did not know that. For starters, the name in itself, the coronavirus, the the yeah, the beer, Cerveza. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I didn't realize it was that serious over there that you guys are actually having to be extremely cautious. Yeah, a lot of it stems from there was this one gentleman who flew back over who was one of these infected people here in Australia, mm. and uh, was the news report came out after he flew back with this, I guess, initial infection of this virus, he's since taken 13 different flights across and around Australia. So (laughs) this guy is just spreading the love all over the place. Oh, no. So the Australian whatever medical outfit that handles all this is currently like retracing his footsteps, working out who was on the planes, getting in touch with everybody that crossed this fellow's path just to see what's going on because it is... uh, it's very scary shit. That's fucked up. Like, I know that, um, like, I even get asked a bunch of times now by doctors if I've ever, like, if I'm feeling sick, they're like, have you traveled recently? They're just like, they're always like cutting it, like, you know, cutting it down to travel. Like, have you been mm-hmm. somewhere where, you know, you could have picked up something pretty, pretty sus. But the fact that this guy, like, when, I think I remember when the Victorian government announced that they actually had a confirmed case. And they announced that he had since been in the country for two weeks. So he flew all across Australia within that two weeks. Yeah. Spreading which, the love. Which seems like it's very suspect and conspiracy theorist in my head where it's like, is this guy like a sleeper agent from China? And he's known this and he's just flying around spreading this disease so it can get this heightened state of panic across the globe and then China comes in like, hey, we've got a cure. You just got to buy it. And, Ooh. you know, I'm, I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? But uh, I haven't eaten any bat lately, so I know I'm pretty good and pretty safe from obtaining this virus. But uh, it's it's some scary shit. That's it's crazy. some really scary shit. I, like, it's definitely not being reflected over here. Like, barely reading about it, barely, like, seeing anyone with, like, the little... 
masks or anything like that. So we're either extremely fucked because we haven't, you know, found anything or uh, we're just lucky. We've got we've got our own problems <laughs> over here. Yeah, I, I know there's a couple of cases reported over there mm. um, in the US. Like it's it's spreading everywhere at the moment. I remember I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, nothing's in Queensland right now. And then one morning watching the you know the morning news and like, oh, first case in Queensland. You're like, oh shit, okay. Where's <laughs> this guy based? Was I in the vicinity of this person that's this carrier of the virus and Typhoon retracing all my footsteps? Yeah, they must have like yeah. was like the basic symptoms or whatever yeah but it's it's really scary it's just uh watch and wait and see what happens because uh it's it's blowing up this uh coronavirus like the the death counts are i think it's over 250 now but there's also rumor mills that china is denying some of these numbers and they're actually just burning a lot of bodies from dead so (laughs) there's an asterisk behind how it's the true number like 250 seems to be the minimum baseline jesus it's like the uh the earth has had enough of our shit and it's just like you know what we'll set australia on fire we'll freaking do a virus in china like there was an earthquake in like puerto rico and was it jamaica so yeah the the old gods are very angry Mm, very much so i wish i had played plague inc i feel like i would have a better understanding how diseases spread i've i've played that actually re-downloaded that game in a i guess a bit of a twist of fate there but uh (laughs) it's it's still fun but you kind of feel a little bit cruel now playing plague inc knowing what's going on but working out how to spread these viruses in certain climates and what to focus on and what have you it's 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 a fun game but it's just got this uh, added layer of realness and and stress attached to playing it now (laughs) too real too real too real uh you know what else is too real i've uh I've started to try and go down the black coffee route. Oh yeah, as a bit of a bit of a more of a health conscious based decision, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's okay, but it's it's tough. It's pretty tough. I love a good cappuccino, mm-hmm. and going from a cap to like a a short or a long black with no sugar is like sledgehammer to the face in the morning but uh i'm, oh, I'm working through it okay I'm working through it you know what's the best way to like so you're not even doing milk that see so how i kind of combated the need for sugar in my coffees was just by first like drinking like macchiatos macchiatos piccolos or whatever they call them um just straight shots of espresso or with like maybe even a tiny bit of milk and just drinking those the very like quick like sessional drinking coffee sessions and they're straight black and then after drinking those and you you obviously need a good roaster and a good coffee um then you could completely wean yourself off sugar altogether i I think i barely ever have a sugar a sugar a sugar sugar? and my coffee a sugar so. I, I love coffee so much, but yeah, I'm just trying to uh, trying to mix things up and make some more conscious decisions. Yeah. So uh, yeah, black coffee. I love you, but you're a you're a tough woman to love. That's for damn sure. <laughs> she's bitter and she's dark. She's dark and bitter and uh, smacks me around a bit. So uh, yeah, Very I'm married good. to an abusive coffee, but <laughs> you know what? Gets me up in the morning. But uh, I've got a got a quick question for you, Miss Hart. Yes. This comes via way of the social medias. Howard Smith at Housedog245, friend of the show. He uh, said he just listened to episode 178. Wanted to thank Salim TD for all the fun podcasts. But he's got a question. And this is in regards to the the top 20 of the decade that we Mm. unpacked in 178. And he goes, question to you all. 
Are you surprised not one sporting game was in the top 20 or have we passed that era of judging sports games these days? Mm. Emoji with the raised eyebrow and like the hmm, the mm. thinking emoji with the raised eyebrow. What's what's your stance on this? Like obviously we, we talked about the top 20 best of decade games uh, in some good detail in episode 178, mm. but do you think there's a sporting game that could potentially hold a place on this uh, top 20 list? Where's where's your stance on this? I don't know. I feel like if there was any kind of sporting game, it's probably controversial if it's a sport, like Tony Hawk might have a place somewhere in there. But um, Ooh. but um, I actually replied back to Howard on this one because he tagged us in. And um, my very limited knowledge of sports games, but I do recall... A lot of FIFA and Madden, the ones that you would imagine to be within the, you know, the top of the top. In recent years, they've actually got copped a lot of flack from their player base, from a lot of like recycled assets, a lot of the same old, same old. I know that um, there's been discussion now in regards to maybe having these games as like more of a subscription setup as opposed to having to buy a brand new game every year. So... I definitely think within, I think it's probably the last two or three, they really were a bit vocal about how unhappy they were as the fan base. So that probably tarnished their ability to get anywhere up the top. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, like in complete agreement regarding that they aren't really major releases anymore. Like this isn't a new game. It's, it's just the previous iteration with a little bit more polish or they bring in one new mode. Obviously the rosters and team lineups get changed year on year to, mm. to be relevant and, and show all the player transfers and things. But I don't think a game like a FIFA or a Madden or an, you know, an NBA 2K deserves to be on the best of the decade. But I guess one game that could probably get a look is something like Rocket League for what it did mm, this so. past decade. Like it blew up out of nowhere. You know, Sonic just ascended to this, uh, you know, God tier status almost of a developer on the back of Rocket League. Uh, it broke into a lot of mainstream. You sort of saw this is one of those games that ESPN and the like picked up and were streaming competitions of it because it is. You know, it's a friendly game. There's there's no mature content in there. It's accessible for kids and adults. It's simple, but also hard to master. Uh, it's good fun to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the support of the game has been really great. All the customizable skins in the game. You can make your, make your little Rocket League vehicle your own. So I could see that potentially getting into the back end. Like if we're looking at that decade top 20 list again, it could replace something like a, like a Doom potentially, maybe like a Near Automata. Like Near Automata was a good game, but I I think from as far as a a global impact standpoint, something like a Rocket League. If we're putting Pokemon Go on this list, I think Rocket League deserves to be on this list over something like Near Automata. Yeah, uh, just from a global impact perspective and. And how this game's got such a hungry, rabid player base, and it's it's really ascended into that mainstream uh, media. Yeah, that's fair. I kind of forget that it could be classified as a sports game because it is essentially soccer, so or football for some people. <laughs> um, Spicy. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess yeah. I guess if there were to be any, it would be that. The wrestling games, unfortunately they've had a rough slog so they don't really get an opportunity either so yeah i think rocket league has a valid case that's the only one i can really think of like Mm. 
all the other sports games or like loose term in, in parentheses <laughs> sports games yeah i think it's it's the closest we could get to it like to get a get a look in on this list because that is a pretty pretty impressive list like it it's was. the who's who of games between that sort of previous decade so that's the only game i could see get a mention and, and be worthy of being named amongst these other heavyweights so uh yeah but how thank you for the question mate uh we do appreciate those on the podcast so uh feel free to uh interact with us on those socials at we are 8-bit or our individual handles or drop us an email at hello at 8-bit.net but i wanted to ask you what have you been doing you've been playing anything mm. watching anything what's been happening this past week watching anything i did already message you but after you mentioning the circle last week we gave that a try watch that one and it just feels fake as fuck. Like the yeah, the you were mentioning it being like a social experiment about being popular on like social media, and it just feels like they grabbed every single stereotype and just put him in a house. So, I, I've never really hated people as much as I've like hated people on like that show. <laughs> so who, who's who's like your most hated? Like who do you the fucking who model grind your gears the most? Alari Alana. Like, oh, the the blonde, the blonde woman. Yeah, and then Joey, is it Joey? Joel? Yeah. The f- Joey. Yeah. Joey's like the the Guido guy that yeah. you could see on uh, Jersey Shore. Yeah. So those yeah. are those are the main two that are kind of getting to me. The the people that are catfishing, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I get it. They they're just proving a point, really. Um, but yeah, like, ah, oh, it's just it, you. It's a show watching people that you probably really hate. <laughs> yeah like they they you see more of their true true selves over the over the next few episodes but Mm. yeah that first episode was obviously the weakest i think of the season but you've got a table set and what have you but (laughs) it's it's a good watch i want to see you guys maybe push through one or two more episodes just to see more of what the show's about and see some of this raw social interaction and and the, the tactics and just the thought processes some of these people go through mm-hmm. with, with some of their decisions. Yeah. Well, like I am a very impatient person when it comes to like any kind of content intake, but you've asked me to persevere. So I will, I'll watch a few more episodes more and give you some feedback on that. But apart from that, I've been playing Minecraft because that's all I do now. Oh, thank you for the invitation to your server. Oh yeah. That was a mind um (laughs) i had no idea what was going on you start in a dark pit well i did and then there's eggs i don't know why yeah i started in a dark pit it was very morbid i thought yeah i didn't know what you'd done to me um and then there's all those little eggs around everywhere where you get cute little pets and it took me yeah you get dinosaurs Mm. and owls and dogs and i need to disable the eggs uh because they just keep popping up everywhere. everywhere Yeah, everywhere. They're on my roof. Um, So thank you for the invite. It's been pretty fun just being like in builder mode, like essentially being creative and just in builder mode and going through that with these like modern textures. Um, It's been a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, it's it's just a good way to unwind and not think Mm. like it's good to just build whatever you want instantly instead of going, oh, okay, I need to get these resources and then go to the crafting table to make this exactly. and that and this. Instead, it's yeah. like, I've got it right now. I'm going to build whatever my mind can sort of conjure up right now. So it's it's good fun and it's it's just mindless, mm. mindless relaxation, I think. You can sort of just zen out and just, ah, oh, I'm going to build this That's and, true. and enjoy myself. I- 
as I was playing it at the start, I did kind of feel like there wasn't any like real reward out of it because in um, NATO's realm that he spins it so politely to add us all into where it's survival, it's just it's anxiety driven and you have to go and get all your materials and you have to battle and you got to sleep and then there's all these other elements. So I think um, building in that game, like it's just a little bit more rewarding because you know how much effort you've really gone into uh, oh, yeah. building those sort of things. So, but I, I like both. Like you said, one's relaxing and one's like kind of like rewarding. So yeah, I need to get into the because I don't really know much about sort of running a realm and all the back end. So I just need to get in and see what I can disable and enable and and make some tweaks to to try and improve the improve the experience. But yeah, it's it's certainly a contrast where yet survival you're always on edge because you die Mm -hmm. those materials you have you might never be able to get back to them because you could forget where you are or they could you know fall into lava or whatever it might be so it it's you don't get that that sense of achievement from building off your blood sweat and tears Mm. but you still get a pretty good sense of achievement because you can build whatever you want just about instantly so yeah uh, yeah that makes yeah, sense. Depends on what speed of Minecraft you're looking for. Exactly right. Like sometimes you you just want a peaceful session. Sometimes you want to uh, have anxiety because you're going to get blown up by a fucking creeper or harassed by an Enderman. Hashtag oh, hate yeah. all Enderman. Um, apart from that, though, I actually finally dabbled in Ace Attorney, which is a game that has actually been really heavily recommended to me, and I never really understood why. I know I'm obsessed with Law and Order. Um, I don't know how much of our listeners know that, but I'm like extremely obsessed with SVU. Um, oh, me too. Oh, man. It's... Are, you, are you up to date? Like I've sort of fallen off the last season or so. I can't remember what's the last thing that I watched. Like it is, it's pretty, <laughs> they're, they're, they're grasping for straws right now. It's it's pretty low hanging fruit with stories now or a lot of repetition in stories. But um, I, I'm still dedicated. I love Benson, Miss Stabler. But um, Ace Attorney was recommended everyone thought i would really enjoy that game and i would like to report back that they were right i freaking love this shit um <laughs> it's, it's pretty good huh it's it's pretty pretty good i didn't know what i was expecting um unfortunately it is pretty um dialogue box heavy which is i think a lot of people have now discovered is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine i really dislike having to read constantly and click through windows but the whole element of asking the right questions uh, picking up clues and then proceeding to go into the courtroom and you know like objecting or like proving that they're lying or making sure you're asking the right questions to prove that they're lying or that there's a conflict in the story it's 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 a lot of fun it's a lot of fun I've had a few moments where I've been frustrated because I know that they're lying and I feel like what I'm saying is the right thing to prove that they're lying, but it's like, no, you've actually got to show this item some yeah, way. Grab, kind of grab thing. Yeah, grab the evidence at the right time. Exactly. And... Like, yeah, it's a, it was a bit like, I'm not going to say intricate because it's not, but it was, it, it took a bit of time to kind of figure out exactly like what kind of rhythm and what kind of like, you know, the way that you're supposed to actually go through the court system and how you're supposed to answer the questions and how you're supposed to object and, you know, kind of tell people to elaborate on their story and everything. But, um, yeah, I got addicted. I got like, it was meant to be, uh, I was like, I'm just going to do one court case next thing you know, it's like a bunch of court cases later. Cause I bought oh, the, yeah. um, I bought the trilogy. Yeah. Which, which is a good way to do it. Obviously mm. dropped on the switch probably mid, mid to 
Q3 last year. Yeah, sounds I about think right. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after picking that up, I just like deep dived in it. And the characters are quite lovable, quite fun to interact with. Um, and the design, it looks great. It's pretty crisp because I'm trying to think, when did this game come out? I think like early 2000s was when the first Phoenix Wright on DS. First was one was it? 2001, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't feel dated at all. Like it feels just as like accessible now as it probably was then. So I'm actually very impressed with that. Nothing feels stale. And yeah, I, I honestly appreciate everyone's recommendation because they hit the nail on the head. And and Phoenix Wright, he's he's a pretty adorable character, especially like in in the first game or so when he is pretty green and bumbling through a lot of things and and mm-hmm. panicking all the time and and what have you. But uh, I I really enjoyed enjoyed that trilogy and I haven't finished the third one yet and I'm still probably about two thirds of the way through number two I think. But yeah, finished finished number one and it's it's just good fun. And as mm. you said, it's it's. It holds up really well. Like graphically, it looks nice. There is a lot of there's a lot of dialogue that you got to work through, obviously, but mm. it's pretty fun. And even just the the usage of like the the vibration capabilities on the switch sometimes in those tense moments, I think it's kind of cool. It heightens like it builds up some of the drama that's going on, uh, whether it be in the courts and what have you. And yeah, who who doesn't love SVU like? Stabler <laughs> getting written off the way he did still a bit of a bit of a bugger. It's okay. He went to Oz. Did, wait, did he go to Oz? I think it was. Uh, no, he was at his Oz before SVU. I think. No, no, no. He was he was Oz. definitely he was definitely in SVU. Um, I just I wasn't sure if he went on to Oz in between SVU takes because that's what happened. You'll see a lot of people that were on SVU in Oz, but um, I'm not too sure if he actually left it for Oz to be a more prominent. Nah, character. they they wrote they wrote him off because he wanted too much money. Oh, really? Yeah, in between the seasons, like he wanted more money and they said, nah, stick it up your backside. And he said, well, stick it up yours. And that's why they wrote him off um, in between the seasons where yeah. obviously, spoilers, there was a, a dramatic thing that happened in the police station itself that apparently traumatized Stabler too much and he had to retire. Yeah, that so was the thing that him. got him. He's had a lot of close calls, but... Oh, uh, yeah. One, one thing that shows... Uh, confirmed and proven to me over the years is that New York is just full of sex pests and rapists and bad people. Like, there's a lot of special victims out there that need (laughs) help. So, uh, be be wary when you go to New York. I also love how much, like, it kind of started just overextending what jurisdiction they really had. So, um, oh, yeah. uh, Anyway, so this is us announcing our new podcast called Specially Heinous. So, Specially Heinous Podcast will be on the 8 bit network. Oh, I would, I would love, love to do that. Dun, dun. Yeah, just have that sound throughout the whole fucking podcast. Uh, but Ace Attorney, I recommend it. Um, anyone that just kind of like wants to crush time, like I, I wouldn't say that it's too uh, mentally intensive. I think it's just good, like kind of like brain games, if that makes sense. Like it kind of just works the brain the right amount. So I do recommend it. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, yeah. Can't go wrong with that Ace Attorney. I um, what I've been doing this week, I picked up the Not for Broadcast prologue. Mm. So the full game released this past week, uh, developed by Not Games and published by Tiny Build, and uh, it's it's a very interesting experience. Like you take control of the the national nightly news in the UK, and uh, you're sort of in a fixed position. Anyone that's played like something like a Five Nights at Freddy's, where you're sort of stuck to a console and you can sort of look left, look right interact with certain objects 
in that sort of field of view to sort of steer the game forward. So in that you're transitioning between cameras to try and um, you know get the best shot, mm-hmm. uh, making sure you're cutting to ad breaks, working the sensor button if people are swearing too much, <laughs> all great. this kind of thing. So it, it sounds very very boring and, and not to me uh, <laughs> mind numbing but um yeah so so there's it's all it's all live real real life actors portray oh. these characters so the news readers and things have actually got lo- real actors film these parts and then you're you're in the back uh in the back editing room trying to steer the ship and make sure the news is going well and you've got like a little rating ticker above you want to obviously keep that up so you so your ratings darling mm-hmm. and um yeah, but in the full game, you can actually then start choosing what news you want to put out there. So it can almost be oh. like propaganda and, and control the message and steer the message, cut in and out of certain things, angle stories certain ways to, to maximize uh, your your ratings appeal, whether it be through fake news or the uh, the real stuff. But uh, the prologue that's, that's free to download and, and play uh, through Steam, I think it was maybe about 45 minutes from, okay. from woe to go and you get tossed into this this uh situation the guy you're meant to be working there with was was ill or whatever could make it so he's just talking you through it through a phone but at the end of it he's like all right mate i think i'm done you've got this moving forward type of situation so after yeah. that you're you're steering the back end of the news and and getting really immersed in what's happening on the multiple screens you've got screens you can jump in and out of you can choose what ads to play for revenue uh, the sensor thing's interesting because you've got a two-second delay, so you yeah. so you're listening to the audio twice really because two seconds later it's live and as opposed to the delay, so you've got to time the sensor beeps in the right way to to keep the complaints at a minimum and whatever else. And it was <laughs> it was intense, like it was really stressful jumping from f- the four screens you've got to control the sensor button. Then there's this random little element they chuck in where you can get like interference on your broadcast. So you've got to like almost navigate this little dot around this minefield of interference at the same time wow. as hitting sensors, jumping across the cameras because you shouldn't be on one fixed shot for more than a handful of seconds. Otherwise, it makes it stale, all this stuff. So it was very high stress. Like I can see what happens behind the scenes at you know hmm. 10 News and 9 News and whatever else, but it was, it was good fun. <laughs> It was a good fun. It was just mindless, mindless fun with a good amount of tension and stress attached to it. Mm-hmm. The game's been reviewing really well on on uh, on Steam. Very positive is sort of where the reviews are sitting out of 212 at the moment. And uh, yeah, it came out literally yesterday, the full release of the game. So I'm oh. going to maybe try to pick up a copy and, and get into it a little bit more. It's uh, 1935 Australian on this store at the moment. Okay. So it's it's priced pretty well and um yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see what Tiny Build and Not Games have put together in more of a entire uh game because some of the characters they've got, the actors, mm. some of them are unbearable just due to I guess the roles they're playing, but it's kind of cool that you're getting all these different stories and controversies and headlines that you've got to try and navigate and uh avoid <laughs> creating dramas on on the main news front. So uh yeah, not for broadcast. I really enjoyed my time with it. And uh, if someone's looking for a little bit of distraction, get the prologue, give it a play, see what you think. And then if it's worth your time, drop the 20 bucks on the game and uh, and give it a go. Yeah, it sounds, It's it honestly sounds like my kind of game. Any game where it sounds like you're just doing a job is usually a game that I actually really enjoy. 
Um, and getting a lot of, like you said, Five Nights at Freddy vibes. But it's, it also gives me a vibe of, like, Papers, Please. Like, that kind of, like... You know, uh-huh. you're in control of like what kind of pe- like what kind of message you want to get out there, and you kind of I guess have to make your own decisions based on you know a little, you know, a little morality on what you want to get conveyed to the uh, pub- viewing public. So definitely, definitely, like it does give you that like god complex, I guess, a little bit where you can <laughs> shape the message and steer the you know the the society is is going to be consuming from a news perspective, but I just like the the use of real actors, it felt really like mm. 90s to me. Yeah. Like you think of, of games and even board games back in the day yeah. where they had the, you'd chuck the tape in, you know, and you'd, you'd play a board game along. What was it? Nightmare, Nightmare. I think. Nightmare, yeah. yeah. Stuff Nightmare. like that. It reminded me of things like that, obviously without the, the horror elements, but mm. it's it's something that you don't really see much in gaming anymore. So I thought that was very, a nice, cool little rare. touch. There was, um, what was that game called? Her? There was Her or that one that was released that so they're, they're slowly coming out there was another one called the bunker that was released it was kind of like a thriller kind of game as well you've seen mm-hmm. um fmv i think it's called full motion video um yep. but yeah i used to love those kind of games in like the 90s early 2000s double switch was a favorite of mine if anyone remembers that <laughs> probably nice. don't i don't run into a lot of people who remembers double switch i got nothing <laughs> <laughs> well you've actually got me really interested in not for broadcast so sounds good yeah it's, it's about it's about a gig download i think it was for the prologue so it's not a huge huge download and obviously it's free so anyone that's looking for a little distraction of something completely different just about most things i've played lately <laughs> and, and it's new that's coming out could be could be worth some time as i said just put an hour aside and you can play the prologue and, and feel it out from there. Sounds good. Outside of that, um, watch the the finale last night. Not just the season finale, but the, the end of an era with uh, The Good Place. Watch the finale of The Good Place last night. Twitter was filled with uh, dismay from the viewers. I, I've, don't, I've never watched it. People said I might enjoy it, but... I don't know. Some, I'm not getting the vibe from it, but you watch a year later, I'll watch it and be like, hey, you were all right. So. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's, it's like a comedy with heart, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the cast is, is fantastic. The concept is really cool. Like anyone that doesn't know what The Good Place is, where have you been for one? But two, it's, uh, you know, it's around the afterlife. Like what happens after you die? You can go mm-hmm. to a good place or a bad place bad place in essence and it's showing what the good place is about and the bad place and and the hijinks that can ensue uh on the back of that kristen kristen bell's character eleanor sort of ends up in the good place by mistake and she's sort of trying to live this this imposter life and dealing with the the moral compass of do i tell people i shouldn't be here and whatever else and then it just escalates and sort of tangents off from there but yeah four seasons you know over 50 episodes yeah the show is finished now that was the last episode well at, at time of recording that was the finale and it mm-hmm. wrapped up really nicely not going to go into any spoilers or anything but it's just easy watching like you know 20 odd minute episodes uh, as i said it's comedy with heart really good acting really smart writing and and some cool jokes in there it's 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 been good fun to watch that over the last what four years now so um wow yeah and I, ted I, dancing yeah ted dancing in it and he's just this old Silver Fox now. He's just an old gangster. I love Ted Dance and he's yeah. just a dude. Is it, I think I've only really seen him in like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Is that what he appears on every so often? 
Yeah, yeah, and, and and before like this, obviously Becca was his was his other main one he had God, going for a while. Becca, yeah, Becca was great. I like Becca. Good. And then Cheers was where he sort of first broke in, but yeah, the Good Place, really nice, really nice show. Really enjoyed it. Gonna miss it, but something that you guys out there can't miss: February tenth, April day. Lock it into your calendars. Got some new podcasts coming. Got some new content creators. We're going to be retooling the Patreon tiers. So February tenth, we're going to announce everything that we got going on in 2020 and beyond regarding 8-bit. So lock that into the cows. February 10th, get excited. And on the back of that, 8bitnation.net or 8bit.net. Uh, 8bitnation.net has got all the direct links to all those main hubs uh, in question. Patreon, Discord, Facebook, competitions and giveaways, as well as our web store. So 8bitnation.net. When you're done doing that, audiotechnica.com.au or audiotechnica.com to get the best in audio-based equipment. You want a new sexy BP40 microphone, you can get them there. You want a sexy set of MH50X headphones, you can get them there. You want a turntable, you want a gaming headset, you can get it all there because it is the best in audio-based equipment. So audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au. And once you're done doing that, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe our podcast as well as all the other podcasts on the hashtag 8 Collective because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. But let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. All right. The first small bite on this episode, 180 of the Hungry Games podcast. The Outer Worlds will touch down March 6th on the Nintendo Switch, but it will be a digital release only. Mm. What do you feel about this? Like, this is one of my games of 2019. Loved everything about this game. Obsidian did really well. Uh, I just love anything RPG-ish, especially when it's thrown through space. Are you going to maybe pick this up on the Switch or are you just sort of no interest? Well, no, I kind of I kind of might because, um, I mean, when this one dropped, I think it was, was it only strictly on PC or did they also put it on the other consoles? I can't remember. On the consoles as well. Okay. It's just a wonder why the Switch got the later release. Like, why I'd now? say just with, just with sort of scaling down some of those assets and what have you, like... Uh, it's it's a weaker platform where at least PlayStation 4, or Xbox One, and PC have a similar baseline. Yeah, Obviously, I guess so. ignoring some of the the GPUs and CPUs, but I'd probably say it's easier to build in that back end and, and framework as opposed to scaling down to a Switch. But I'm just wondering. It's if still it, cool. Yeah, I'm just wondering if it was more of a case of skeptical success or something. You know, like this game was it just blew up i think a lot of us either didn't know much about it or didn't know anything about it really and then it just kind of came out and everyone absolutely adored the game so yeah i'm just wondering if maybe the nintendo e-store was a bit finicky about it or maybe you're just right maybe it was just going to take that a little bit longer just to have it set up on the switch but it makes perfect sense to be a switch game i think it would play extremely well on the switch game both um connected to your tv or just handheld so um for me personally maybe i should get it on switch i'm playing the switch a lot more now my poor 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 pc um so (laughs) maybe i should maybe then i'll actually get around to putting some real time into it but it makes sense the thought of rpgs on the go or rpgs on demand on the go even Mm. just warms my heart so much like i probably wouldn't go back and and pick it up on the switch and play through it again because a lot of these rpgs i like just having that singular 
experience and once the bow is is, is on it and it's all wrapped and finished mm. i'm usually kind of done i'm not one of those people that you see a lot of the time going back and and ground zeroing a fallout save and starting from starting from scratch again and yeah and playing through i'll usually do my 60 100 hour 150 hour whatever whatever it is to to get my my feel of that game and that's it so mm-hmm. I've, I've had my experience with the outer worlds i loved it uh loved the story loved the characters loved the gunplay so on and so forth but yeah the thought of playing on the switch sounds so good it does. It, 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 I guess if you were a person that didn't pick it up the first time, although I think it might be on Game Pass. Um, I yeah, think it is. it's on Game Pass. So, you know, some of you it might not be really worth it getting it on the Nintendo Switch. But if the Nintendo Switch is all you have, then we would definitely recommend playing this one. Hell yeah. And uh, on the topic of Nintendo Switches, there is no new Nintendo Switch coming in 2020. Mm-hmm. Nintendo broke this news in a presentation to investors this week, telling them not to expect any new model over the next 12 months. But uh, uh, tiptoeing on the back of that, there's also a limited edition Animal Crossing Switch that's just been announced. And my God, like I'm not an Animal Crossing guy at all. Like nothing negative towards the game. I've just never really played them. But I think I want to get this Switch. It looks isn't so good. It, isn't it just so sweet? Like... The whole design with the very, like, soft-coloured, like, mint and blue, like, and the graphic as well and the kind of um, detailing on the actual back of the physical, like, handheld Switch. It just looks very sweet. It looks very, very cute and it's not really, like, impactful and in your face, which I think really appeals to me. Like, none of the, like, harsh reds or purple and oranges or greens and pinks that they've released in the past. So, yeah, fuck, I'm conflicted. (laughs) absolutely conflicted i'm tossing it up like i love those pastel tones that they've got on the Mm. joy cons like i thought it was gorgeous like rachel and i were talking about last night i'm like do i trade in the switch we got now to get this one and lose a bit of money in doing so but look at this thing it looks so good Mm. you can get the um joy cons from japan apparently japan does an individual sale of the actual joy cons but i mean for me I, I'd want the whole package. I'd want everything yeah. that comes with it. So just know, though, the game does not come with it. It is strictly just console. So You'd think they'd do some kind of bundle, right? Like maybe closer to release, they might announce that you do get an Animal Crossing Switch with a copy of the game for a slightly more expensive price again because it mm. just seems weird to me. But, man, the Switch, it's such a nice-looking uh, limited run. So uh, it's it's certainly tempting me. And I'm not even an Animal Crossing guy. I just love the look of this thing. Yeah, it's a good-looking console. I'll have to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> <laughs> While you're thinking about that, I'm going to tell you that Apex Legends has officially unveiled its latest playable character, robot hitman named Revenant. And this is the same hitman who killed Jimmy Forge McCormick, who is obviously a bit of a bait-and-switch mm. by... Uh, respawn the other day mm-hmm. um so we we all thought that forge was the the new playable character and we even reported i think on last week's episode or maybe it was the week prior that uh he was the rumored new character but mm. nope they uh they killed him off in a great little uh short video mm-hmm. and then this past these past couple of days they've uh done an announcement video highlighting and showcasing some of the history of revenant who's pretty much the the greatest assassin in the lands what what do you think of this guy 
Um, I, he looks badass. I also like this very conflicting, um, like this conflict in a confliction that he has like right towards the end of the trailer where, cause it starts off and he looks like a man, like he's, you know, shaving in the morning, drinking, I think, I think drinking a coffee and watching the news and, you know, you just see the figure of a man and then he proceeds to then go out and do a hit and it's the robot that you actually see. And then towards the end, he actually sees his reflection and kind of has this uh, moment in realizing that maybe he isn't who he thinks he is. Um, mm. uh, there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack apparently in the background. I've been searching all through the internet, and there's a lot of story, a lot of connecting things. There is a rumored character that's coming up. I think from what I remember, it's like Loba. I think is what a lot of people have found in the data. Like a lot of people have kind of like gone through and found future release characters. And the little girl that apparently is in the trailer who receives a little gift from her father. Um, it's a it's a wolf head. And apparently like Lobo or Lava means female wolf or she wolf. So a lot of people okay. think that this thing that happened that we watch in the trailer uh, in is it a trailer? Is it? It's more of a story, uh, kind of like an introduction to the character. They reckon that that's kind of in the past because everyone reckons that little girl will be a future character that will be released. So yeah, like I said, there's a lot to unpack. I recommend going out there and watching a few videos if you want to kind of deep dive more into Apex like lore and. Um, it's fun. I always love that sort of stuff, especially people who really get into it. Not the really fucked up ones that get really like angry at stuff, but the ones that just enjoy it for the content. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm I'm keen and and I'm actually sort of excited to maybe try get back into a bit of Apex and give Revenant a run uh, when when it, that character drops in full. Mm. Uh, I don't have the date in front of me when when he comes out or is playable, but. It's interesting because this game's just bubbling away in the background, like obviously released to much hype. Then it sort of simmered down a little bit, but it seems like it's on the up upswing again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's one of the the highest uh, highest sort of stream games still on all the uh, the streaming platforms. So it's mm. it's good to see that that player base has sunk in and releases like this and these ongoing videos and and little little hype trailers and whatnot just keeps people hungry and excited for for more. Uh, exactly. especially off this current season all these these sort of unique bespoke game modes they had out for very short amounts of time mm. uh, i think that was all very well received so uh yeah nice yeah. going uh, everyone involved with apex yeah and also getting on uh, trending on youtube the thing yeah got on number four well. i think today or yesterday so yeah uh, i yeah. think yeah Kudos. in between that time so looking forward to season four of apex and i might actually return maybe hell yeah if i'm not hell too yeah shit. Yeah, my, my skills have gone out the window and there are only a small amount of skill to begin with. So uh, I get you. people come carry us, please. <laughs> We're begging. All right. A game that didn't need to get carried this past uh, this past year, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It has sold around 8 million units to date, exceeding EA's projections for its initial release. So uh, <laughs> this was some data from board meeting and some of just the, the sales data and, and general uh, sort of market feedback with EA, uh, 8 million units for Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, it, I guess it segues and ties in nicely with Apex because both these games done by Respawn. Mm -hmm. uh, Respawn kicking a lot of goals for, for EA this past calendar year. Uh, I really love the game. 
uh, one of my games of the year last year. But yeah, it's, it's good to see that people around the world have uh, had some some take on this as well. And 8 million units is certainly nothing to sneeze about. Exactly right. This, the more upsetting thing is when they said EA's projections weren't that high. Like they obviously had some pretty low projections for this game, which is kind of like shit. I guess they were kind of like, trust us. We know this isn't going to do well. We've had experience. But um, yeah, points, like you said, to respawn because like it's that whole thing of just like money talks. And it's like if you make a good game, people are going to buy it and, you know, Eight million units, eight million. Yeah. So you know, hopefully this, hopefully this encourages some more quality Star Wars games in the future. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of Star Wars fans around the entire globe have got their fingers crossed that mm. uh, yeah we we see more quality Star Wars gaming content. Uh, obviously, there's that rumor of uh, Old Republic potentially mm. getting a reboot as well. That's sort of doing the rounds at the moment, but. I'd happily just play Respawn made Star Wars games between now and when I get sick of playing Star Wars games, which is probably never. So, uh, yeah, nice work to everyone involved in that one. Eight million copies sold. Kudos, hat tip. Nicely Ooh. done. Uh, the next one, the PlayStation Plus February games list has been announced. Uh, the first one, PSVR exclusive Firewall Zero Hour, Ooh. is uh, part of the February list. The Sims 4 which is uh, something I think that might be appealing to some of those uh, World Builder fans or uh, simulation fans out there. And the last one, which I think is mighty impressive, (laughs) Bioshock The Collection is coming out. So that encompasses Bioshock 1, 2 and Infinite. And these are the remade, upscaled 1080p uh, editions or remasters, I should say, editions of 1 and 2. And then also the subsequent DLC attached to that at those three games as well. So... uh, some big big games in there mm. Bio, the bioshock collection on its own is worth dropping a monthly one-off fee if you don't have <laughs> playstation plus already just to get those games in your collection mm. but uh it's nice to see i love when you see these big triple a titles get chucked into playstation plus or games with gold uh for that month yeah i like it's it looks like a good release and i know you know bioshock the collection is just a franchise that a lot of people are very fond with um although like kind of just looking at these releases and announcements and then going back to xbox game pass like it has been a long time since i've logged into that (laughs) like i keep forgetting that i'm kind of paying for it and just letting it sit there and i was actually pretty impressed with which titles were a part of the game pass so in contrast to this list it's pretty competitive like xbox has really got some stuff on offer yeah things like the witcher 3 on game pass is huge Mm -hmm. GTA 5 I think is probably the biggest title that they've one, got on yeah. there now like that's that's no joke because you see that game retailing for for near full price still in stores these days because it still sells so damn well so um <laughs> it's it's nice when when these when these companies can give a little back or add a little incentive to uh paying these these monthly fees to, <laughs> to get access to all these games exactly and speaking of giving back The Sony Foundation Australia, which is the charity backed by the Sony group of companies, is calling on the global gaming community to take part in their annual Twitch charity streaming event, Gaming for Life, to raise funds for Sony Foundation Australia's bushfire appeal. So uh, here's how you can get involved. Any Twitch streamer can host a stream during the event period of February 1 through to February 23rd, Australian Eastern Standard Time, and contribute to Gaming for Life. 
Registrations are now open for Gaming for Life. We'll have the links to the Tiltify URL to jump on and register on there. If you want to stay up to date with Gaming for Life streams, you can watch and follow at Sony Foundation on Twitter or just search hashtag Gaming for Life 2020 or hashtag G4L Bushfire Appeal. Donations can be made direct to the Sony Foundation Australia Bushfire Appeal at sonyfoundation.org forward slash bushfire appeal. The Gaming for Life organization, it, it is a very positive thing uh, for the gaming community to get involved in. What do you think about this? Did you watch many of the streams? Like, I like that it is open to anybody. Mm. There is no there is no barrier to entry. There's no segregation of the Twitch community, which we see and deal with a lot of <laughs> in this day and age. So it's nice that the, the, the barn doors are knocked open and everybody can come in and contribute and do their part for the bushfire appeal. I think this is great. Yeah, and it's good to see. It's always good to see major companies getting involved with these charities. Like, uh, with the Australian bushfires, um, all the charity and, you know, involved with that, we saw a lot of just small-time people or, you know, maybe mid- to high-level social influencers and such just getting involved and by themselves just leading the march and getting money together. So, you know, we saw such great success with just a one person army could have just imagine a company like sony and what what kind of money they can bring in to support the charity with that and it's it's good to see that you know it's the sony foundation like so it's the global kind of like sony group but backing just for the australian charities as well so i mean there can never be a bad thing to do with charity right so get involved any way that you can and um yeah if, if you've already donated, that's awesome. If you want to donate a little bit more, then go right ahead. It's st- it's still dire. Like, it's still, there's still a lot of, lot of work that needs to be done. A lot of animals out there that's um, being killed and whatnot. And, I mean, you can still see a lot of videos out there of, like, animals just trying to adapt to what's been left. So, it's, it's horrific. And um, down in Canberra, the bushfires are raging and uh, mm-hmm. there's risk at the moment that it could be worse than the bushfires in the early 2000s in Canberra. They're talking about this could be the next big natural disaster. Uh, a lot of people are in a heightened sense of panic and uh, they need to get out and protect their, their friends and family and their, their animals and their loved ones. Just, I think the big thing is try not to be a hero. Houses can be rebuilt. Possessions can be repurchased. Just get out of there while you can because... Fire is a terrifying thing. And um, as you said, it's nice to see events like when these tragedies do pop up, a lot of these streamers and content creators and personalities and celebrities sort of put their ego aside from it and say, you know what, we just got to roll our sleeves up and help how we can. So uh, mm. you're gaming for life. They've raised over 100,000 US dollars over the last couple of years uh, through the Sony Foundation, which is fantastic. But yeah, any any Twitch streamer can get involved. Obviously, you can host a stream during that that event period of February 1 through to February 23. And uh, full links to uh, register for Gaming for Life are in the show notes of the podcast. So I uh, check that out. Otherwise, I'm sure you could probably just Google Gaming for Life and that's the number four uh, Australian bushfire appeal and I'll probably find you the link on there too. But uh, it's, it's nice to see and yeah, do what you can. Uh, donate what you can. Every little bit helps because uh, it's... it's fucking mad world out there at the moment yeah it's absolutely terrifying there's plenty of videos out there as well to um kind of show you exactly how unpredictable the fires can be the one second it's just smoke in the distance and then the next second it's 
just there on your footsteps. So. Yes, indeedy. And the last bit of news that we wanted to sort of bring to the table this past week, Wizards of the Coast, the publisher behind Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons, has unveiled its new video game development studio, Archetype Entertainment. It's being helmed by two ex-Bioware veterans and its first title will be a new story-driven sci-fi RPG. First word of Wizards of the Coast new studio arrived last April when the company announced it was teaming up with former Bioware creative director and lead designer James Olin, who previously worked on the likes of Baldur's Gate, Dragon Age Origins, Neverwinter Nights, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic to build a new development team. Uh, the studio is based in Austin, Texas, and uh, another Bioware alumni, Chad Robertson, who most recently served as head of live services on Anthem ugh, until its departure last November. Although details of Archetype's first project are limited, the studio says it's building a team to work on, in quotes, a multi-platform role-playing game set in a new science fiction universe, end quotes. According to the company's mission statement, we believe there will always be a place for story-driven role-playing games that put the player at the center of an epic personal narrative with impactful choices. We're building games that represent the diversity of our audience. End quote. Mm. What do you think about this? Mm. Well, first of all, it's Baldur's Gate. I know last week you got, or the other day, or the other time, uh, you got ripped a new one for saying Baldur's Gate wrong by a few people. Um, yeah don't worry I just I said it because I know we're gonna cop the flack again so if one of us says it right we should be good it's just how I say words right (laughs) I don't say words good about this um looking at the graphic that's actually been attached and seeing this wonderful like steampunk futuristic kind of like design work has me a little excited anyone that has any involvement with Dungeons and Dragons you would only assume that they would have a good hand in being able to create um, great story-driven, like, fantasy games. So, I mean, it's exciting times. It's funny to actually have to show someone that was attached to, attached to Anthem, unfortunately. Yeah. That's not yeah, positive. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, may- maybe Chad Robertson, uh, like, we assume he left on his own accord and jumped across to this great opportunity with Archetype. But, yeah, head of live services on Anthem. I guess maybe this could potentially lead itself to a shared world RPG, like in that Anthem vein, because that's where Chad Robertson's experience and and most recent line of work uh, was based around. So maybe Mm. there's, there's a bit of that. Like I would not be upset about that. Like maybe throwing current IPs out there. Like you think of like a destiny, but with more RPG elements attached to it and more story because Mm. destiny has bits of story but not a real cohesive emotional pull at your heartstrings get you immersed impactful choices type of situation yeah destiny doesn't really kick you in the balls with the story unfortunately you have to go looking for it um it just blows on them just gently yeah so. just yeah just tickles them ever so softly yeah across um, the cags i'm a bit concerned now though because across the cags that's going to be the name of the podcast episode <laughs> um now that you meant now like talking about anthem and now looking at this concept art i just remember now with anthem in that like main area like kind of when you're back at base and you know you get some missions and whatnot it did actually have that kind of semi-futuristic you know you had the robots around but then it did actually have that kind of old timely look to it as well though like those ideas were there so now i'm a little worried 
but I mean, you know, it's always stupid to kind of make a, you know, make an opinion of something that really ceases to exist right in front of you yet. So I have nothing but positive energy to uh, what they could be building. I hope it's good. It's got to be good. You've got some great things attached to it. You've got Baldur's Gate, Dragon Age, Neverwinter Nights attached to it, Star Wars and the Knights of the Old Republic. Like, all this stuff is attached to it. Dungeons and Dragons, like, so how can you fuck that up? Yeah, like, I I echo exactly what you're saying there. Like, you, you've got some prestige. You've got people like James Olin who has had a lot of touch with some massive, big, heavy RPG, story-driven and emotional games that have a lot of choice and a lot of ripple effect and flow on from from the player's choices. Dungeons and Dragons, obviously, it's it's... <laughs> it's it's probably something that gets overlooked here like it's one of the biggest ips or or brands or products in the world today and it's only getting bigger mm-hmm. and then obviously magic the gathering which is probably just up there pound for pound the biggest uh sort of card game in the market today as well so there is a lot of flex here there is a lot of prestige with these brands and people involved with former brands here at archetype so yeah the the future looks to be bright I'm excited. Like, as you said, it's hard to get too hyped just off some random concept art and a mission statement about a company, but new development houses are always welcome in the gaming space because they're going to bring fresh ideas, fresh IPs, new things to the gaming landscape. And uh, he's hoping that Archetype Entertainment do that with this new story-driven sci-fi RPG, uh, uh, something I started off talking about with The Outer Worlds, I'm I'm all about that that science fiction space RPG type of game, so I'll I'll be there giving this a crack mm-hmm. uh, on opening day or getting into the the alphas and the betas because uh, I got I got faith. My uh, natural optimistic mindset uh, feels that this could be something cool, <laughs> just based off some words and a, uh, a bit of concept that? art. But yeah, let oh. let's see what happens. No <laughs> doubt we might get a couple more breadcrumbs thrown our way uh, in 2020. I doubt we're going to see a game release uh, from <laughs> from Archetype Entertainment till I don't know, 2022, at a guess, 2023 say, maybe. The way that games get released now, it's probably not going to be till like 2025. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll it's, it's a ways then. down the road. <laughs> but, but mark it on your calendar. Pop it there. But uh, yeah, let's let's see what happens. Archetype Entertainment, best luck to you and everyone there at the, at the development studio. All right, so let's uh, let's shift into this part of the podcast. New releases and events. And we're talking video game releases that are upcoming between episode releases of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're talking between February 2nd and February 9th of 2020. And uh, releasing on February 3rd, Dawn of Fear is mm. released on the PlayStation 4. February 4th sees a smattering of releases. We've got Life is Strange 2, The Complete Collection. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Monster Energy Supercross 3 <laughs> on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. Hmm. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Uh, the Sims 4, Tiny Living. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, which is obviously a Sims expansion pack. Zombie Army 4, Dead War. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. February 6th, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus on playstation 4 knights and bikes on the switch 
mm-hmm. Kunai on the Switch and PC, and then on February 7th, the Turing Test on the Nintendo Switch. So uh, a good assortment of games there. Is anything that uh, tickles your pickle or makes you want to try and get a copy or, or get access to this to play this upcoming week? Well, as much as everyone would assume that I'm a big, massive bro and I would want Monster Energy Supercross 3, um, I've actually stumbled upon Knights and Bikes on Switch and it actually looks very cute. It really does. It Mm -hmm. really does. It's like this hand-drawn, artistic style, vibrant colours. It looks really cute. And uh, I was reading the sort of synopsis about it and anytime they mention like a Goonies-like adventure, I'm Mm. like, ooh, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. I'm I'm listening here. I'm yeah. listening here. Are, are you going to try and uh, get amongst it? Yeah, hopefully I can. Um, I'll keep that to myself. Uh, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. Is that the Dark Crystal as in the Dark Crystal, Jim Henson's yeah. Dark Crystal? Yeah, they just got a, just got a season on Netflix mm. as well, which is... I still haven't watched it. The original film was great, but it's I terrifying. just don't know how it, yeah, I just don't know how it stacks up in this day and age. Mm. And now I've got a tactics game, so Which is I'm guessing it's stacking up okay. Sending me through loops right now. Like, uh, you reading that out and then ending it with tactics. I just didn't know where that was going. I have to look into it just because, like, growing up with the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, I just need to know how, in uh, this day and age, that the Dark Crystal's getting a game. I'm assuming, yeah, like... it's it's crazy. Mm. It's very, very crazy. I'm. I think I'm going to try and get my hands on a copy of the Turing Test. Okay. Which is, uh, it's a puzzle game, uh, first-person perspective, where you assume the role of Ava Turing, and uh, that is on the International Space Agency, nice. which is kind of cool. So you're going to be floating through various uh, space-based zero gravity areas, uh, working through certain objects in the game so you can control robots you can uh, look through cameras and whatnot uh, any anything in that space where you are weightless adds to it this additional sense of dread immediately i find mm-hmm. uh the, the game's been around for a while it's it's been out uh on on console uh, and pc since 2016 2017 so it is a little late to release on the switch but I'm I'm intrigued. Square Enix published this thing, and it was developed by Bulkhead Interactive. Mm. But yeah, the Turing Test. It's it's been out a while, but I think I'm gonna see if I can get my hands on it and see how it plays on the Switch because uh, eerie space puzzlers. That's uh, that's an itch I want to try and scratch this week. Oh, I'm getting a lot of observation vibes from it. The game from mm-hmm. Devolver, but mm-hmm. yeah, mm, you might like it. Yeah, maybe you might like it too, because I know you love some Observation. (laughs) Observation was a great game, and I'm standing by it. Yep, yep, 100%. All right, so that is the uh, the releases uh, between February 2nd through February 9th. Uh, If you are picking up any of these games, uh, chuck us some feedback. Let me know your thoughts on uh, what might be worth trying to get into this week, or something maybe you played last week and you got a little rapid-fire review. But uh, the last uh, segment we got this week something new we're going to debut and we're going to be talking about the tweet of the week and this one is hot off the press uh, literally releasing this morning and uh comes via twitter user ron mars and he's got the tick so you know he's legit i've never seen a fast and furious movie and i'm fairly certain i never will just not my thing but i think it's great that so many people are excited about the new trailer find the thing that brings you joy especially now 
hashtag Fast 9. So this is on the back of the uh, debut trailer for Fast and Furious 9 or Fast 9 as it's been cut down to now. F9, all this stuff. Uh, Dominic Toretto and his team are back Mm -hmm. in more car-based hijinks. Full spoilers, we've found out that uh, Dom or Vin Diesel is actually brothers with John Cena. Mm -hmm. What in the hell? Mm-hmm. And John Cena is like the the world's greatest car racer slash spy slash assassin slash whatever else. <laughs> um, I guess we didn't see him doing all these things over the years. But uh, what do you think? You watched the trailer. I watched I'm, the trailer. I'm not a big fast purist. Like no. they're okay films, but meh. Haven't even watched the last couple. Fast yeah. Nine is the hype there for you? Yeah. Um. Look, I feel like there's this level to the Fast and Furious franchise. You're either a person that understands, like, the satire. Like, you're, you're a person that kind of is in with the joke, if you kind of get what I mean. And you enjoy the movies, but you get, like, it's just ridiculous. It's kind of stupid. But, you know, so you're on you're on that. Or then you're one of those weird, passionate fans who actually believes that this is fucking stunning cinema. If you are, yeah. then oof. But the trailer was announced at the Fast and Furious concert that they had. They had like a lovely little musical gig for God knows what reason um, with some musical guests and, you know, a few little quick interviews and snippets. But um, after watching the trailer and just being like, you know, John Cena, he's your brother. And then there's like, oh, my God, no, sorry, the start where it shows fucking Vin Diesel's character on a fucking farm. Yeah, and he's like... I used to live my life a quarter mile at a time, but I can't do that anymore because I got a family. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Um, and then, like, yeah, we find out John Cena's his brother, and I think Charlize Theron's back in it with a weird yeah, haircut. Yeah, she's back in it because she was a baddie. Yeah, she's a baddie. Um, but she's got a really weird haircut, um, which is probably the main villain of this um movie. <laughs> just but like a big Lego piece. It's yeah, it looks exactly like the Lego piece you put on your characters to give them hair. But um, it's also got like this little undertone where it's like sometimes blood doesn't necessarily mean family. So it's obviously like just because John Cena's his blood relative doesn't necessarily mean he has to be family. I think that's the vibe they're going for. And then, I mean, full spoilers if you haven't watched this by now, but it should have been out for a few days and your feed is probably already full of it. But they've mm-hmm. brought back Han from the dead, character from yeah. Tokyo Drift. So he's back. <laughs> he's alive. Yeah. Um, there's crazy scenes and stupid action and all the stuff that you kind of come to expect with the Fast and Furious franchise. So I think it's going to be much of the same. Don't expect much difference. A few characters are in there, but uh, I mean, (laughs) it's just bonkers. Like the, the action set pieces just defy any sense of rhyme or reason or logic but yeah. like it's it makes for good cinema that's for sure like you see in this trailer where where one of the cars go flying off the edge of a cliff and a plane flies in it's got like this magnet on the bottom and it catches the plane and it flies off with the car like with vin diesel in the car underneath that scene in itself is stupid because he drives off that cliff not knowing what's gonna happen there's no way yeah. he knew that was gonna happen like it's on this level. I'm sure Vin Diesel thinks he's making masterpieces. Like he legit thinks he is making a masterpiece. At least like John Cena has this kind of like he's in on the joke because like yeah, yeah. seeing him on stage reacting, he kind of like made it like you know bit of jest in regards to the, seeing the movie. So he's in on the joke. Vin Diesel, 
No, he's he's Vin Diesel's reaching that Sylvester Stallone kind of quality of like He's like Tommy Wiseau. He's like this is oh. the best thing ever. <laughs> it's like bald Tommy Wiseau with muscles. Hello doggy. Uh yeah, uh. so it's I mean, it's gonna be a dumb action film and sometimes they're enjoyable. What do you think like this is the ninth one now? What do you think this the number is gonna be that this franchise ultimately finishes on? I'm gonna say fifteen. I was going to say fifteen, but I have this feeling that maybe twelve. Okay. I okay. feel like maybe twelve might be the number. We're definitely getting a ten. There is no doubt we'll be getting a ten. But after that, like, you know, we'll probably get more of those spin offs. Like, you know, Hobbs and Shaw, like, we'll probably get a few spin-off movies, so... But, yeah, maybe 12 will be the last one. Insane. (laughs) Insane. Do you think they're ever going to go to space or something? Have space battles and race space cars? (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'd believe that. (laughs) If they can can drive a car off one building into another building, yes, sure, they can drive cars in space. It's like in the, in the scene where you saw Michelle Rodriguez go flying and he lines up his car so she lands on the bonnet or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, like, sure. You know, it gives her that night. I caught you, baby. Like, it's all they'll, good. Fucking, they'll have Elon Musk and they'll drive the first, you know, souped up car in space. Like, you know, and they'll like, be blazing at the same yeah. time. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's wild. Yeah. Don't ever change Vin Diesel and co. But these movies are juggernauts. They make so much money. They it's, do. It's insane, that's the and thing. that's why they keep making them. Exactly. Keep watching them. They'll keep making them. Oh yeah, just like the Hunger Gamers podcast. You keep listening, <laughs> we'll keep making them. That's and, a threat. Uh, yeah, this has been episode 180 of the Hunger Gamers podcast. But uh, quick shout out, episode 181. We're going to be joined by Jack Cruz, host of It Is What It Is, lover of bulldogs and watcher of Star Wars. He's going to be joining the co-hosting chair with us next week. So AFL get excited Bulldogs. for that. What was that? Sorry. Sorry, I was just saying AFL Bulldogs. I don't think he's yeah. an NRL Bulldogs fan. I am the NRL Bulldogs fan are and really? uh, real life Bulldogs fan. Got a French one. And uh, spoilers, we might be getting a second French Bulldog in the next couple of weeks. We're oh, taking shit. Winnie for a play date tomorrow. So uh, let's see how that goes. I hope he likes books. Yeah, oh, they're all tucked away. They're all they're all like shoulder level and above just to be safe. But he's, he's past all that now. He's a good little doggo. So uh, love you, Winnie. But yeah, that has been episode 180. Thank you for all listening and uh, all the continued support. It truly means a lot. Anything you want to say before we uh, close this down for another week, Miss Hart? I just want to tell people to go and re-watch the G.I. Joe PSA parodies. I've been watching them nonstop this week and they are great. I'm going to go check them out. Maybe we'll uh, link a couple in the show notes of the episode. Maybe you should. All right. Until next week, 8-Bit Nation, much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.